Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. When God led the children of Israel out of Egypt in the book of Exodus, their destination ultimately was northward to Canaan, the good land, and the place of the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. But he took them first far to the south, to the shores of the Red Sea. Then after crossing the Red Sea, he led them south again to a place called Marah, and then to Elam. Surely, this did not match their expectations. God's ways are not our ways. Is he leading you south when you thought that you should be headed north? And joining us once again is Dennis Agashi. Welcome back to the program, Dennis. Thank you. It's good to be back, Chris. Dennis, the background of this message today is one that I think most of us can relate to, at least to some extent. The children of Israel had just come through the miraculous events related to their exit out of Egypt the Red Sea, the Passover, all the miracles in God's dealing with Pharaoh. And by now, they must have been expecting a swift and direct journey to the promised land, the good land. But in chapter 15, we see that the pillar of cloud that the Lord had given for them to follow brought them first to a place called Mara, and then to a place called Elam. This is verse 27. And they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees and they encamped there by the waters. Dennis, you can tell by a map that these places were both far to the south in the absolute opposite direction of where they thought the Lord was planning to take them. This must have been quite a surprise to Moses and to all the people, don't you think? Oh, I agree with you, Chris, that it surely was a surprise to Moses and to the children of Israel. Here they were to go north to the good land, and yet the pillar of cloud they were following, took them south, away from this direction. Well, Dennis, we're going to follow with them today and uh, find out why the Lord led them southward. Let's join Witness Lee. After they crossed the Red Sea, the pillar of the cloud did lead the children of Israel to go on. Their destination is up north. But the strange thing was this, the pillar of cloud led them not upward, but downward. Not northward, but southward. The pillar of cloud took away downward to Merrill. Then you look at your map, after Merrill, further down. In our concept, 
we always think that ushers us into resurrection upward. This is your concept, and this was my concept also. That ushers us into resurrection. Downward or upward, you say? According to our human concept, surely upward. My, this is resurrection. How could resurrection be downward? Anything that is downward is not resurrection. Resurrection must be upward. Resurrection itself is upward. But its application needs a downward situation. Without downward situation, I tell you the upward resurrection can never be applied. If now you are in the third heavens, you don't need to be resurrected. Where you need resurrection? Not in the upward situation, but in the downward situation. Many times we experienced the crucified life. Eventually we expected that we would be, or we may be, in a kind of upward situation. But actually, after the experience of the crucial life, God would lead us into a downward situation. Not upward, not northward, but southward. To where? To resurrection. <laughs> the downward direction is to resurrection. When you get into the downward situation, it is worse, it is harder. This may uh, scare you to death. But when you would follow the pit of cloud, when you would go there, you will see 12 springs of water there and 70 palm trees there. Elam. Do you know the meaning of this name? This word has a root. And this root means mighty and strong. This word also means a grove of palm trees. In other words, this name has two meanings. The mighty ones, the strong ones, and a grove of palm trees. The first meaning could be applied to the twelve springs. And these are the mighty springs flowing. Of course, the second meaning for the palm trees is 70 palm trees formed a grove there. So you can see at the picture, one is flowing, the other is growing. This is a view of the real resurrection life. Amen. The real resurrection life flows out of God and into us. And the issue of this throwing is growing. If you would follow the Lord in the crucial life, you would follow the pillar of the cloud, you will reach at a place. And you will realize 12 throwing springs. And you could see 70 growing palm trees, even in your situation. Dennis, south on a map always represents going down. Yet God's purpose and plan for our lives must be upward from where we're at. 
Why would God first bring us down following such an experience of the cross and resurrection like that experienced by the children of Israel? In answer to that, Chris, I'd like to just quote a few sentences from the life study of Exodus here by Witness Lee. He says, In our opinion, any way that leads downward is not in resurrection. Yes, in itself, resurrection takes us upward, but its application requires us to take a way that leads in a downward direction. When we are in the heavenlies, we do not sense the need of resurrection, but when we are in a low situation, we become conscious of the need for resurrection life. This quotation here from the Life Study of Exodus simply summarizes the point that after the experience of Mara, of the bitter waters becoming sweet. We assume that God would take us into a better environment with a better situation. Frequently in our Christian experience, the opposite takes place. We get into a situation that becomes more difficult and even more bitter. We don't understand why the Lord is leading us in that direction. So we intend to try to get out of that situation. Well, we have to see that... In our experience, in our Christian experience, if we are faithful to follow the Lord, wherever he leads us, we will find resurrection life, even in the midst of a death situation. Dennis, that's really the point. As long as we're following the cloud and following the pillar of fire, it'll ultimately lead us to resurrection, even if it's in a place that we had no idea the Lord would take us. That is very helpful. I think uh, that sense, that feeling after finding our surroundings being so opposite of our expectation, uh, to have the realization this is the Lord's leading to bring us into resurrection is very helpful. Absolutely. And Chris, it's amazing to me that Witness Lee 20 years ago gave this life study message, and he got the riches from this just from one verse, from verse 27 of Exodus 15. Seemingly an insignificant verse, yet there are so many riches found in this verse. Well, Dennis, let's go back. We're going to see more of these riches unfolded in this coming section as we look a little bit at the details that the children of Israel found when they got to Elam. Here's Witness Lee. The Bible tells us 12 is composed by 3 times 4. We all have seen 4 signifies creatures, especially mankind. And 3 signifies the triune God. So, three times four simply signifies the mingling of God with humanity. And this mingling is eternal. And number two, this mingling eventually is God's administration. Look at the New Jerusalem. The whole city will be an administration. God administrates in that holy city. So, a number of Bible teachers, they all agree that 12 signifies the eternal perfection and completion. Why? Because 12 is the mingling of divinity with humanity for eternity to carry out God's administration. Now, these twelve springs, what are these doing here? The twelve springs of even water flowing out of God into his people to accomplish the very mingling of divinity with humanity. 
For what purpose? For the purpose to carry out God's administration. Amen. Then the 70 palm trees, seven, also signifies perfection and completion. Just like 12 does. But there's a difference. 12 signifies perfection and completion for eternity. Eternally. But seven signifies perfection and completion in time, dispensationally. And ten, this is easy for us to understand. Look at yourself. You have ten fingers and you have ten toes. <laughs> ten <laughs> signifies fullness. So, now, ten times seven means what? Means my. The perfection and completion in time for dispensation is in full. What are the twelve springs? What are the seven-day palm trees? Life flowing in a perfect, complete way to carry out God's administration for eternity. This is a part of the resurrection life. What else? Seven-day palm trees. Life growing to carry out God's ministry to express what? To express the flourishing life, to express the uh, rejoicing in satisfaction, Amen. to express the rich life with all kinds of victories. This is the palm tree. The whole church needs such an experience at Gilliam. And we all individually, you and me, everyone among us needs such an experience at Elim. Oh, the resurrection life grows. It flows out of God into us and it grows out of the flow upward to express the richness of the divine life and also the victory of the divine life. Dennis, when we were conducting the life study of Genesis, we saw that numbers in the Bible are very meaningful. I remember a program that we did with uh, Brother Ed Marks, and Ed has uh, studied this quite in depth, and he brought out a book that was written back in the late 1800s by a brethren writer named F.W. Grant. And the title of the book is The Numerical Structure of Scripture. He also had a companion book called The Numerical Bible, and I think many Bible students that are listening this is a book that's fairly common in, in seminaries, realize that numbers mean something in the Bible. They are significant and convey a rich and deep meaning symbolically. We discovered very clearly that the number three, because of God's trinity, God being triune, represents God. And the number four, reflecting the four living creatures that we see in Ezekiel, represents man. So three and four are significant. At Elam, now, we see that there are 12 flowing streams and 70 palm trees. Review again for us the significance of these numbers that Witness Lee brought out and what they illustrate about the kind of experience of the divine life that God's people really need. In a simple way, Chris, the divine record does mention specifically that in Elam they found 12 flowing springs and 70 palm trees. This is not insignificant. Everything in the Bible is very significant, even the smallest details. So we do have to pay attention to this. Twelve 
in a simple way is composed of three times four, which just shows us the mingling of divinity with humanity. This signifies that God, who is the flowing water, flows into his chosen people to be mingled with them for the purpose of accomplishing his administration. Seventy is also a number that is composed of three plus four, which is the addition of God to man, times ten, which means fullness. This means that God in his fullness is dispensing in time. Simply speaking, Chris, without getting into the details of the numbers, this means that our Christ is the flowing springs represented by those 12 flowing springs and also the growing 70 palm trees. He is the flowing, growing one in us, in resurrection, dispensing himself into us. And Chris, I like the example here in the New Testament. In Luke 9.1, we have the indication of the number 12 again, represented by the 12 apostles. Then in 10.1 in chapter Luke, we have the Lord appointed 70 others. Here we see the two numbers again, 12 and 70. This means that the Lord's people are there to carry out his ministry. This means, Chris, in its significance and its richness, that God's ministry can only be carried out in resurrection by his flowing and his growing life. It is not by human endeavor. It is not by natural ability. It is not by a charismatic personality. It is only in resurrection life can God's ministry be carried out. And this resurrection life is seen in the 12 springs and the 70 palm trees. Dennis, let's go back to Witness Lee for our final section, and then you and I will have a chance to fellowship once again. In this one verse, it says, it says, and they encamped there by the waters. Encamped means they became armies. The spring life, with its growing, makes us God's army. Amen. Don't forget, after one chapter more, we will say the fighting will be there. In chapter 17, the fighting came and came there as an army full of enjoyment of life for what? For fighting. Full of the enjoyment of life for fighting. And fighting is for carrying out God's purpose, that is to build God's habitation. I tell you, for the children of Israel, from Egypt, to reach at Sinai, where they could receive the heavenly vision to build tabernacle, it was not a simple thing. From Egypt, to reach at Sinai, there was such a journey. And without fighting, they couldn't get there. At the initial stage, they didn't fight. God fought for them. God defeated Pharaoh and his army. God destroyed the whole Egyptian army in the Red Sea. That was in the initial stage. They had nothing to fight with. But after crossing the Red Sea, and after they experienced Merah, and they experienced Elam, they were formed into an army. They were codified. So in chapter 17, God didn't fight for them. They themselves fought. They fought by what? They fought by the flowing life. They fought by the growing life. Today, we must first have the 12 flowing springs of water. 
then the seven-day growing palm trees. We need this perfect and complete flowing water with the perfect and complete growing in life. Then we are qualified. We are equipped. You just tell me, how could we fight? Just taking the Passover lamb, just eating the herb, still not adequate. We need the experience of the cross. See? And we need the experience of resurrection. We need to pass through Mara. And we need to enter into Elam. Amen. Let me check with you. Have you seen the twelve springs flowing? Amen. Have you seen the seventy palms growing? Amen. Now what is the result? The army and camping. This is the result. The flowing life with the growing life issues in the encamping army. By what? By the flowing and growing life. Dennis, this was tremendous. God needs more than just for us to experience redemption, the Passover and baptism, the Red Sea. God needs his people to become an army to fight with him for the accomplishment of his purpose. What are the qualifiers that we've seen here, Dennis, for his people to be equipped to become this fighting army? Again, we see, Chris, that the qualifiers are for the children of Israel to experience the blood of the Passover, saving them from God's judgment, bringing them to the waters of the Red Sea, saving them from Pharaoh's tyranny, going through the experience of Mara, which is the experience of the cross, ultimately coming to Elam in the experience of resurrection, where the sweet water now becomes the flowing water. These are all the qualifications as the flowing and growing divine life in them constituting them the army. We can see this matter by this last phrase, encamped by the waters. Chris, I'd also like to bring out in this matter that in our experience in John chapter 7, which Witness Lee also mentions in the life study, that in verses 38, the Lord says that if we are thirsty, we can come to him and drink. All of humanity is thirsty for Christ. Even believers are thirsty. And so, Chris, it is so good in our experience. The Lord says in Romans 10, when we call upon the Lord, we can experience his riches. As we call upon him, he, as the resurrection life, flows into us. And this flowing into us in John 7, 38, becomes the springs that flow out of us. Chris, this is very interesting. The rivers in John chapter 7 that flow out of our innermost being are equal to the springs in Exodus 15. Both signify the divine life and resurrection. The divine life within us doesn't want to stay within us. It wants to flow out to humanity. All of humanity is thirsty for Christ. And we now, in our experience, are the embodiment of the flowing springs and the palm trees. Resurrection life is no longer just in the heavens, but resurrection life is in our spirit. And this resurrection life now is flowing out as rivers of living water to quench the thirst of all of humanity. I really appreciate Witness Lee's ministry bringing us and enlightening us to such a point. So profound, yet so applicable in our experience in our daily life. 
Dennis, I'm also impressed. You know, you have a question like this, what qualifies us to become God's fighting army? And the natural thought is that we would have to be mighty men of God and capable of great deeds and doings for God to be such an army. But really, the qualification is, are these living streams flowing in us? That's correct. As the Lord flows into us, we enjoy the resurrection life. He flows out of us as these living streams. And these living streams eventually quench the thirst of all of humanity. Dennis, thank you for your fellowship and being with us again today. Thank you, Chris. For Dennis Agashi today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you have any questions or would like to find other Christians in your area who also enjoy this ministry, feel free to call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1 verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption to redeem fallen man back to God. And the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.